On this week's episode, has Ubisoft tarnished the Tom Clancy legacy? G.I. Joe rolls snake eyes at the box office. And it's time to go trailer hunting one more time. All this and more as you once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Humanican Media, and everything that we do out there at popculturecosmos.com or at popculturecosmos on social media, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own man in kilt for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His great shows that he has available out there, Topicocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, and of course his book, Congratulations, You Suck, which is now available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? I've been doing a lot of uh, catching up on my on my. Oh, you're a man in kilts, yeah. man. You're a man yeah, in kilts. Like, I, was, I was fascinated by this. I'm not a big fan of Outlander, but... I do think the actors are very like enigmatic, you know. So I saw this trailer for Men in Kilts where they're like doing a little road trip, and I got intrigued enough to sit down and watch it. They cruise around, uh, talk about the history of Scotland, and yeah, they toured and they showed you kind of like the history of Scotland, talking about like the stuff that they believe in, like the history, the battles, the clans, the uh, like witchcraft, and yeah. So these two, these are the stars of Outlander. They get in a van pretty much and they drive around Scotland. Yeah. And they stop at all these different places, all these famous battle locations. They talk to the clans. They dive into the legends of like the Loch Ness monster. And you get to kind of see like a taste of the food and the drinks. They show like how some of the scotch is made and they show like how, why they're famous for their dining. And they talk a lot about the dancing culture and the sports and all that. Like you get a full tour and I don't know if they're going to make a second season of this show, but like, I was super fascinated by this one. Like, I've been on a docuseries kick lately, and this really did a great job of scratching that itch. Well, if you ever go back into the docuseries, one I'd tell you to go ahead and try is the HBO Monopoly docuseries. Oh, yeah. If you get a chance. That was just truly a blast. It was one of my favorites of 2020, so hopefully you'll give that a shot. But, yes, you said such great things about men in kilts. It looks really good. I mean, right there from the guys from Outlander. So yes, I can't put any Highlander jokes in there because it, you know it's Outlander, so you can't mix <laughs> one with the other. Even though they're going to make a new Highlander, so yeah, please, everyone, give it a chance. It's on the Stars Channel, correct? Yeah, it's on the Stars Channel. If you're looking to watch Outlander, you can watch it on Netflix. But there has not been a new season for like three years. I think they're, they'll return out because yeah, my wife likes it as well. Yeah, they said they're working on the next season supposed to come out uh, in 2022. 
Well, I'm looking forward to that indeed, but there's a lot of things to look forward to on this week's show. There's a lot to look forward to, including on the back end, we've got the new host for our Friday show, the PC Multiverse. It is none other than our good friend, Mr. Jamie Monroy, my longtime compadre and amigo from way back when we used to do the Game Source podcast together for several episodes of that 150 episode plus run. He's going to be the new man on Fridays. But before we go ahead with the rest of the show, I do want to thank so much Marcus De La Garza for everything that he's brought to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, all of his contributions from the PCC Multiverse. We are, and I look forward you, to having him back on the show whenever he can. We already miss you. Yeah, <laughs> we miss him indeed. But there is going to be a great show that we have, and I still hear from him all the time on social media. So. It's not like he's gone forever or anything like that. But yeah. I do wish him all the best. And I know he's going to stop by in the not-too-distant future. But I want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows what we're talking about on today's program. We're going to be talking about Tom Clancy and something that Ubisoft came out with in regards to an announcement on an upcoming Tom Clancy-ish game. Is it something that the internet out there likes? Or do we have even a worse reaction than we saw last year from Halo Infinite. We'll talk about X Defiant coming up on the show. Plus, EA officially announced something that was a horribly kept secret in the return of <laughs> Dead Space. So yes, so Dead Space is going to be coming back out in a revised form as far as the original Dead Space is concerned. So we'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Speaking of video games, there's a major controversy going on in regards to California now suing Activision Blizzard over a lot of naughty things that are talked about and being accused of at Activision Blizzard. We'll talk about that, plus the very interesting protest that was made online coming up on the program as well. Plus, we go trailer hunting with Dune, and I want to really talk to Josh about Dune coming up. The Last Duel, which I also want to talk for altogether different reasons, and Jackass Forever, so we'll talk about that. I know Josh wanted to touch on something that went on with Comic-Con at home in regards to Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, and the new animation style that's freaking everyone out, so we'll talk about that. But again, Jamie Monroy will be back on the show later in the program to talk about the weekend box office, more EA Play announcements, and the rest of the major news from Comic-Con at home coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is X-Defiant. And that's a new game in development, most likely coming out next year. It's going to be in beta trials coming up later this year. That's going to be a 6v6 shooter in the realm of, let's say, Valorant and some other close quarter shooters that are out there. First person. It's supposed to take as far as characters and styles and power-ups and elements from a lot of Tom Clancy games that we've seen in the past from Ubisoft, like Splinter Cell and The Division and whatnot. I want to hear your thoughts on this because it is getting ravaged online. I think partly because the person and individuals behind it, at least the individual that's heading up this game, was also responsible for Call of Duty Ghosts, which is considered by many to be the worst edition of Call of Duty ever. But I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this. It is getting ravaged and roasted online in regards to the muddy textures and the lack of inspiration and 
basically a lot of people are seeing this and also Rainbow Six Extraction being two individual properties coming up in the not too distant future that are soiling the Tom Clancy name. So I want to hear your thoughts on X Defiant, my friend. It looks like they're trying to be Apex Legends. Is what when I looked at yes. this this trailer, I immediately thought this is another season of Apex Legends. That seems to be it's successful, right? So let's try to take off of or you know kind of copy mimic what they did. On the other hand, though, like I don't know if anybody really is as interested in like these franchises enough to have be like, hey, let's have a uh, let's have like a Super Smash Brothers style game, you know, where we bring all the franchises together, a PlayStation All Stars, and have them just like shoot each other. Like this looks, I don't know, this looks like it's just going to be dripping in microtransactions. It's going to be something very interesting to see that if there's going to be a change being made, maybe like a we'll just go ahead and either scrap it or delay it for a year while they go ahead and maybe do some other things to it. But already it has its work cut out for it if it's going to be released in its current form because it is getting ravished online. Like, I mean, it's even getting worse reception than what we saw from halo infinite last year do you notice how choppy it looks like i thought that at first i yes. thought that was just the video quality that i was able to find but no this is the actual game like it looks very choppy and it doesn't look anything like the rainbow six style gameplay that we've come to know and love from these franchises it just it looks i don't know it just looks cheap am it i being hypercritical too. or is that no it does to me it was i was very unimpressed by it extremely unimpressed by it and i know a lot of other people as well not just the regular small time youtubers that you see out there i'm talking about large outlets that are out there also like eh, this is not really and they don't really want to tread on the water because they get a lot of stuff from the ubisoft and, and they don't want to go ahead and say too many bad things about it but yeah they're saying like eh, this is not for me or i don't really know who this is for because to me, it just seems like they want to avoid some of these properties that they can utilize better, like Splinter Cell. I mean, they have characters or play types that they're using in this as far as characters they're going to use that have the Splinter Cell motif. Why yeah. not just make another Splinter Cell? Yeah, I mean, the fans have been clamoring for that for a very long time. I don't know why they're not just doing it. It's beyond yeah. me. It just seems like they don't really want to go ahead and do it, but they bring out this stuff instead and... I know with Hyperspace, which was their last shooter that they had, which was a free-to-play, which was going to be something that was going to be an arena battle royale type shooter that came out to horrible reviews. And that was really something that was DOA, dead on arrival right away. So I think that X Defiant, if large drastic changes aren't made, it will meet the same fate. There's nothing about this game that looks appealing to me right now, and I'm not I'm not super excited about it. You know, I can see where it would might have some fans, but at the moment, like I, it's just it does not. It looks like it's trying to be everything else that's out right now, and not its own thing. Exactly. To me, it looks very unimpressive, and I think that Ubisoft is going to sit down with the creators of X Defiant and. Uh, I think they're just going to go ahead and, and maybe scrap it and go back to the drawing board and try and do something else that's different or maybe something that's more acceptable. I don't think they're going to bring it out in its current form. I know it's scheduled for release in 2022, and there's going to be beta testing later this year. I really seriously can't 
think that they're going to do something like this. Yeah. Unless they, I don't know. If they do, then they must be oblivious to the online criticism out there. And that, to me, is part of the problem. Because if you already, you know, we've always talked about on this show in regards to video game and movie first trailers and whatnot. First impressions are everything. Yeah. And if you don't have a good first impression, it's a hard battle uphill to finally win over an audience. Do you think, too, that this is kind of the wrong time for them to put out something experimental, especially with all the the stuff online about them, right? With the, In the midst of, like, the sexual harassment scandals, like, they really need to to make sure they're crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's here before they put something out because it's just going to be one more bad publicity thing stacked on top of another. Absolutely. And that will come more into play in regards to that. The Assassin's Creed is, you know, that is more announced as far as the, what we talked about before, as far as Assassin's Creed going to that play style, that game style, that's going to span generations and span years, as opposed to bringing out an Assassin's Creed every year. As that gets more and more into a reality, those rumors in, in regards to the environment and the sexual harassment, that's going to come up even more. And we're going to talk about more studios that are under fire coming up here in a sec. But yeah, any last thoughts on Next Defiant on the way out? Because I certainly don't have much more of a favorable opinion on this game. And I think it's something that if I was at Ubisoft and in one of the executives that were up there, I would really, really second guess this game should be coming out in its current form yeah i i don't really have any interest but it also kind of reminds me you know how like every e3 they have trailers for games or you where you're like nobody was asking for this why does this exist that's what this feels like to me feels like to me as well and i'm so sorry to see that because i i i don't want to root against any studios that are out there that, you know when they make games because obviously i know the kind of money that's involved the kind of development cost and time that goes into making these games, all the hard work that's done, the man hours that are put on there, then uh, that's even before they go into the crunch and the, you know, we've already heard over the years about all the different types of allegations that have been talked about in, in some of these studios when it comes to crunch time and the, and the hours that they force their workers to do in order to go ahead and put a game out yeah. the door. I mean, this is just something that I don't wish bad upon them, but I maybe did just need time to reevaluate this. That's what I wish. I wish, wish for them time to just step back and say, you know what, is this being accepted already by the audience? What's the early returns on it? If it's really that mixed or really that negative, maybe we should reevaluate it from there. Yeah, yeah, and this this is something I don't I don't feel like they did a lot of like great market research on something like this because. I can't be the only person or we can't be the only people out there that are seriously wondering why this game exists. Call of Duty Warzone has been a big hit. Obviously we know Apex Legends going into double digits on its seasons now. They've been that's been a very great success as well. I understand that the video game industry is a lot like other industries. Once you have a successful formula, oh we got to go ahead and do that too. Valorant has been a great success right. as well. And I get that, but do something a little bit out of the norm. I mean, you've already had a miss with hyperspace, and that was just uh, an abysmal attempt to go ahead and try and recreate the Battle Royale genre uh, you know, way too late and way too little. This is, looks like it's going to be a second strike in a row. And what really hurts to me is 
that Tom Clancy's name is being dragged through the mud in all this and not being saved for something a little bit more special. Yeah, well, I, I feel like much like U- Ubisoft themselves, like these Tom Clancy games have not had a direction to go in years. Like it's been a long time since like this franchise, the Tom Clancy, I guess, franchise or games, or whatever, seemed like they were going somewhere. Like since it's been a long time since someone has truly sat down and said, I'm excited for the next Tom Clancy game. You know, like the the division was cool, but it still did not meet the expectations of the the people who were waiting for it to come out. Like it it just it, it doesn't feel like these games get a lot of thought. They're just trying to push them out lately. What are your thoughts out there on the very questionable game that is coming out as of this time, scheduled to come out later this year in a beta form and next year in X Defiant as a regular game out there as a 6v6 looks like it's going to be something that I don't think is going to impress a lot of people in its current form. Do you think they need to go back to the drawing board and bring up something else? Do you think they need to stop using Tom Clancy's name and the whole moniker unless it's something really special and worth playing? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was J- as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. Well, speaking of the troubles for the video game industry, I mean... The video game industry does not get a break because there's so many things going on there in regards to so many mistakes being made. I want to ask you this, my friend. Have you heard about the state of California now suing Activision Blizzard in regards to its sexual harassment allegations? And the, I guess this is not just one or two. This is a consistent theme over the course of many years at their studios based in California and I think all over in regards to Activision Blizzard's concern. Obviously, they've denied the charges that they're going to at least tell the public out there that they're denying the charges and they're going to go to court over it. But it is an issue. And it's to the point where the player base is getting upset about it because the World of Warcraft, I believe, just had a demonstration against what was going on you know, in support of those being harassed and those being troubled by this situation. And the you know they they actually had a sit down protest within the confines of Warcraft. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Activision Blizzard really looks bad. I mean, these are allegations that are very detailed and very uh, inappropriate and very just you know just it's just a shameful thing that's gone on that Activision Blizzard didn't correct or didn't take care of a lot sooner. Yeah, so I, I tried to read up on both sides of this issue. I, I know that they had placed a lawsuit against them, and then Blizzard had responded to it saying, hey, you didn't give us a fair chance. We've been trying to like make these corrections as the investigation's going on. But two years is a long time, you know, if you think about that. Like, 
that's that's a long time for somebody if it's true that they're you know they're really just going after them like that's a long time for them to to like not have conversations you know so yeah i don't i don't believe that blizzard is like as innocent as they're saying they are i don't know to what extent but yeah if you have all these people making the same allegations you have eyewitnesses of things happening like gropings at christmas parties and they have an employee that it was a I think he was one of the directors on World War, creative directors on World of Warcraft, like constantly hitting on women and touching them inappropriately and just being disrespectful all around. Like you have multiple multiple like cases of this happening and no one did anything. And even when th- this employee left, nobody said anything about why he was you know, this wasn't even mentioned in, you know, why he was leaving. And I guess his at his NPCs are still all over World of Warcraft. So I don't know. This just doesn't look good for them. You know, like they're, they're, they're a staple of Southern California. You know, you go down to Irvine and you see the big old Activision Blizzard building. I worked at the Best Buy that installed the TVs for them, you know, and that was a kind of a cool thing to get to go in there and see them. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like it feels like everything they say in order to defend themselves just kind of digs the hole a little deeper. So I'm curious to see what comes of this. And I know they had made threats to, to leave California, but, you know, with their, what was their, their CEO, right? The guy who was not, he was getting paid like a ridiculous amount of money in the midst of all this turmoil. It's just, this is one thing after another, and it's just not looking like they're the people's company anymore. Well, this is something that has been unfortunately rampant in the industry for many years, and it needs to be corrected. It needs to be corrected like yesterday, and that environment needs to be receptive for all audiences and safe and comfortable for all audiences so that we can get creative products out there. And if it's not, then it needs to be corrected and fixed right away. It just, this is stuff that should not be happening in the workplace, especially at somewhere that you and I try to appreciate so much like Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard, where we bought products from them before. Mm -hmm. And to know these type of things are going on makes me second guess myself for buying these products in the first place. Yeah. And it's, it's sad too, because, you know, you want to, you know, like you said, you want to stand behind these companies. You want to say like, oh, hey, that can't be right. But there's just so much overwhelming evidence against it. And, you know, Ubisoft goes a step further and says like, oh, this game was made by people of multiple gender identities and cultural beliefs and all that. And you still see, they seem to try to champion that cause, but then you still see these issues going on at the company. So it's going, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but any last thoughts on this, man? Yeah. I just, uh, again, I, yeah, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's hard to know like what's exaggerated and what's not from people's stories, but there's so many accounts here that it's hard to really deny that any of this is happening. So you know, we as obviously like gamers are such a diverse bunch and game devs are a diverse bunch and you want the workplace to be comfortable, not just for one group of people, but for everybody. And this doesn't really seem like the way to go about it. They will be seeing here in court documents and court proceedings over the next few months and possibly years because these type of things, they have a tendency to drag out. But hopefully we will be seeing something rectified within the industry Maybe we need to go to a little bit more overseeing, maybe a unionization or something that needs to take place that will help make the workplace safer 
for everyone involved in the video game industry. Yeah, and one more closing thought. I think that if something does come of this, like there is accountability put towards Blizzard, this could go a long way towards limiting this happening in a lot of other game development companies as well. Looking forward to seeing some type of good resolution to this and hopefully the people who were terrorized by this and who were victims of this alleged what's going on in regards to the sexual harassment, they will find some retribution and some justice for them as soon as possible. And the industry hopefully will learn from this and become better for it. What are your thoughts out there on the current situation at both Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard in regards to the sexual harassment allegations and in the case of Activision Blizzard, actual action by the state of California? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half hour break, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and touch on a little bit more pleasant things to talk about in regards to video games. And that is at the recent EA Play Live, which took place this past Thursday, they talked about one of the main things, the headliner was the return of Dead Space. It looks like to be, they're just going to give the the old dead space the original dead space a nice beautiful new shiny coat of paint modernizing it to the playstation 4 and playstation 5 xbox one and xbox series x realm it's something that i think a lot of people were waiting for i was hoping for a dead space trilogy remaster kind of like what we saw with the success story from the mass effect legendary edition yeah tell me your thoughts man you are more of a dead space fan than i am but I would thought it was always very highly rated, very highly respected. I enjoyed my time with the original one, but I want to hear your thoughts on the return of Dead Space. I'm excited. I love Dead Space 1, love Dead Space 2. Didn't really like Dead Space 3. It felt, you know, that was the era of uh, the EA microtransactions, and it's just like it felt, I don't know, it didn't feel like Dead Space. It felt like a uh, like a sales pitch but dead space one like wow is such a a great game it's such a great experience and you know thinking about your comments on mass effect right like that would be rad if they made that happen but i kind of feel like that i was thinking about that and bioshock would love a remastered trilogy of each yes yeah yes i i completely agree with you but I'm, i'm thinking that ea's taking a page from capcom in this like they're rebuilding the game from the ground up like this isn't just a simple like new coat of paint like mass effect was this is a game that is being remade from from scratch like it's the same they're saying that it's a remake but it's also a retelling so i don't think it's exactly the same game that dead space one was but i from what i've read okay they're they're trying to set up for the future of the franchise so i think they're trying to change some things and i i have a feeling that most of it had to do with what happened in Dead Space 3. So I think they're trying to do one and then two, and then they're kind of going to flip the direction of the franchise at that point. But that's assuming that this does well. Are you excited to play this? I mean, have you, do you have a history with these games? Is this something you're looking to jump into? Well, I told you the only one I played was the original. I don't have a great affinity for it, but I, I am interested to get back into it. And I wanted to go ahead and say that I think this is going to be something that might click with the fans out there because a lot of people have been clamoring for Return of Dead Space. I would love to see a new Dead Space IP come back as far as new additions, like we're seeing with a Mass Effect coming out at some point in time down the line with a new Mass Effect, I don't want to say 4 per se, but next evolvement of the Mass Effect series. And I'm hoping that if this does well, you will see the same thing for Dead Space. 
the original studio was trash. They were kicked to the curb and already yeah, canceled out. So this, this is going to be visceral games. Yeah. Yeah. Visceral games spit the dust and was kicked out to the curb by EA, but there's a new studio involved in remaking this. And we'll, I'm assuming if it does well, take up the actual full IP if they want more dead space games down the road. So I'm interested and intrigued, but I know, again, this is something that a lot of gamers out there were hoping that they would get is that dead space would be an IP that would be revived. And it looks like if that's the case, then we could be seeing more dead space in the future. And I think that ultimately is what's going to serve well. And they made sure to let everybody know that this dead space remake will not have microtransactions. That's exactly what everyone wants to hear. I think EA's learned their lesson here. You know, FIFA is their casino, and now the rest of their games can kind of just be the experiences that they're meant to be. Tell it to the people in the Ukraine that were busted in that lab I was talking about on last oh week's show. Yeah, that was crazy. I know they originally thought that was crypto mining, but they're just farming FIFA stuff. Yeah. Crypto farm, yeah. as opposed to, yeah. So it's funny. That was the, well, it eventually leads to money, which could lead to crypto coin. You know, that's when you sell them, when you sell those cars. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Lots of money, lots of money being there generated. But yes, it is EA announcing that a new Dead Space is on the way. I know that Josh is looking forward to it. I am as well. But it's a game where I think a lot of people need to get more into it. It was a decent seller in its day. I think it, it could be an IP that could even garner more interest if it's done correctly because of the fact that horror games and the horror genre in video games have been more accepted as of late, especially due to the success of the Resident Evil series. We talked about Resident Evil before in the past, not the success of Resident Evil Village, which will go down probably as one of the best games of 2021. So if Dead Space does well in this revised version, we could see more of Dead Space down the road as well what are your thoughts on a new dead space or i should say a dead space revival on the way we want to hear your thoughts on if this will hopefully lead to a continuation of the series itself and your enthusiasm for it so please let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com we're coming up after the break we're going to go trailer hunting for brand new trailers that came out in dune the last duel and jackass forever I know Josh also wants to touch on something that was mentioned at Comic-Con at home this past weekend in Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, and the controversial new look for it. Plus, Jamie Monroy and I will touch on the weekend box office, more EA Play announcements, and the rest of the major news from Comic-Con at home on the back end of the show as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, and you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. It's time to go trailer hunting. Dune. This is the second trailer, actually. The first one debuted several months ago. But in this latest trailer for Dune, it really encompasses what the is going to be about it. I mean, 
it's not a secret if you watch the original movie that came out in the 80s or read the book, but Denis Villeneuve, who you and I love from Blade Runner 2049 as the director, just truly outstanding film that people need to catch that, especially when we were on our kick for like months for like pushing it you know, out there as, as one of the best movies that we've seen in quite some time. He has directed Dune on this, and it looks like it's going to be the first of a two-part movie series. It's They're going to go ahead and take the events of the books and put them in a two-part movie series as opposed to what was done in the 1980 movies when they just smashed everything together in a two-hour time frame. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think it looks fantastic. I know my wife and I are both excited about it, and we're looking forward to October when Dune hits theaters. And HBO Max. And HBO Max, yeah. No, this movie looks beautiful. Like, it's got those gritty tones that Dennis Villeneuve is Here he goes on his I know, I know. But I just, like, I love his cinematography, though. Like, that's one of the reasons that, you know, I, you don't? No, I said, I said, oh, you know it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I misheard. But yeah, I mean, even though, you know, I didn't like the movie Arrival, I loved the cinematography in that because it felt so... Well, they won for the cinematographer won the Oscar for Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah, because he's just he I don't know. There's just the way the way that he makes his films, the cinematography, the editing, it all like comes together so well. And you look at this trailer here like it looks the movie looks very dark, but it also looks very out of this world, I guess. Like it had yes. it feels like a science fiction movie. It doesn't feel like like you watch it doesn't movie, feel like they were in uh, looking in front of green screens. Yeah. You watch a movie like Men in Black or, you know, whatever modern sci-fi movies are out there, they all have very campy looking there it's all very campy looking, right? But this this looks like you're watching a book. And this looks like you're watching it the action take place on another planet. Right. And it just, it looks beautiful and it's so intriguing and it just, I want to be there. You know, I don't necessarily (laughs) want to like be in the war, but I just want to like, I want to know more about this. Like I want to go further and I love the idea. It's so funny because I could see Josh Brolin's Gurney character, which was played by Patrick Stewart in the original movie. You know, as you see in the trailer there, he's telling everybody, run, 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 you know, right, you know, as far as the battle. And I can see Josh like running. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's happening. But yeah, it just looks, it looks sensational. It 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 does. It does. And like Dennis Villeneuve, like he was wanting to tell more. He wanted to finish the Blade Runner story, but he never got that opportunity. But with this one, he may, he may still, if this does well, yeah, that would be the hope with this one though. Like I love the idea of him getting two movies because yeah, one, it's so awful when they have to take all the, you know, the trilogy of books or whatever, all, all the books and shove them into one story that has never worked. You know, that's like Chaos Walking, John Carter, Mars, all those movies suffered. The original Dune movie. The original Dune movie. All these movies suffered greatly because they're trying to cut corners. But like him really getting a chance to, to flesh this story out and tell it is it can only go right because he's he's a brilliant filmmaker. Well, it looks like it's something I really want to see. My wife wants to see it. We, we talked about it at length because she's a book nerd and she loves going ahead and, and watching films that ba- are based off of great epic books like Dune and uh, of course Lord of the Rings right here where that's how we first bonded and I will tell you what I'm looking forward to it I know you are as well and we're going to do some heavy stuff leading into that come October because it debuts October 22nd in theaters 
and that's a movie I think I might catch an IMAX. I, I personally yeah. think oh, about an IMAX on that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and HBO Max as well. But next on the list, my friend, to talk about with trailers. <laughs> Speaking of Blade Runner, Denis Villeneuve and all that, Ridley Scott dropped his own trailer for his upcoming movie, The I, Last Duel. Yes, I did not get a chance to download the trailer for this one, but I did watch it, and I'm... Yeah, the 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 accents are a little off and it's such a smaller scale film for him. Like he does these big epics usually and this is not that epic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something that it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays over because it does star Adam Driver, it does star Ben Affleck, it does star his buddy Matt Damon. <laughs> so, you know, you who you're seeing right now in trailers for Stillwater and he's got the Stillwater voice in there and he's got yeah. the from Oklahoma and all that. And then you're asking him to go ahead and do a British voice, which I cannot do when I go one to the other. And it's so funny how Australian and British actors can just like nail American accents. Mm-hmm. And when it goes the opposite way, that's a different story. It's very hit or miss. And I'm assuming that The Last Duel takes place sometime in Europe, England, from many centuries ago, right in the Arthurian age and all yeah. that. And it just does not click with me as far as the accents are concerned. I'm going to have to get by it to make sure that it's a good story. It's really Scott, and you and I have great affinity for his yeah. work, so I'm going to go ahead and check it out. But you cannot tell me this is Kingdom of Heaven for you. No, no, not at all. I, I, This is probably the only Ridley Scott movie that has come out that I just have not been interested in. Like, normally, you know, one of his trailers comes out. I'm like, oh, that looks so cool. And this one, I'm just like, this is not something that I am really excited to watch. But then again, you know, as it gets closer to release and more trailers come out, that could change. But as of right now, I'm not too thrilled about it. It's no Alien or it's no Blade Runner for me as well. So kind of disappointed what we saw with The Last Duel, especially with that kind of cast. You think you have that kind of heavyweight cast. You think you're going to do a whole bunch of numbers for it. You think you're going to do a whole bunch of favors and you're going to get this kind of performance, especially with Ridley Scott directing. But I don't know. I'm going to try and keep my mind open, but seeing how the green knight is coming up around the corner it looks pretty good i'm a kind and of it, and it sounds a lot more authentic yeah it is the last duel it is coming out later this year and we'll watch it we'll catch it we'll share our thoughts on it but we're not really eager to see it as of yet i want to go ahead and share one last trailer thoughts and that's for jackass forever with johnny knoxville getting gored and flipping upside down and i think he suffered a concussion from that scene that's in there. I know that was talked about already. And you know they love to put themselves through a whole bunch of pain. And I want to ask you, my friend, are you interested in watching them endure more pain one last time? You know, I thought that I wasn't. And then I watched the trailer and the little, like, 10-year-old inside me just started laughing uncontrollably. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, is this the movie the world wants right now? Probably not, but is this the movie the world needs right now? And I was like, yes. We all just need to go to the movie theaters and watch these, like, the best, I guess you could call them the best, like, crew of people in the world just hurt themselves and not have to, like, worry about what themes or, like, what's going on behind 
everything. You know, this is just something you, people of all diversities can go to this movie together and enjoy. And I think that this is going to be good. So you see it right there as we're watching it on the replay. That gore really did a number on them. I think he had to be hospitalized from what I remember reading in the article. When it comes to Jackass Forever, see what kind of crazy stunts they can do this time and see how they can try to inflict pain on each other. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to catch it just because of the fact that there might be some good shots in there that they haven't shown in the trailers. Although I'm hoping that that's the case. If they showed everything off already in the trailers, then we'll see what kind of damage they can inflict on each other coming up in the not too distant future from Paramount in Jackass Forever. This is the movie that I think the world needs right now to just kind of like clean their palate of everything going on in the world. What are your thoughts out there on the trailers we just talked about? Dune, The Last Duel, and Jackass Forever. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, and Jamie Monroy and I will close out the show, my friend. It's been great having you here as always, but before we head on out, Dragon Ball Super Superhero was announced as an upcoming film next year, an animated film for this vaunted Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, whole nine yards type character, which has gone on for so many years now. And you and I know it more mainly from the gaming genre, but it's also been a staple of the anime genre, which is obviously where it originated. But in Dragon Ball Super Superhero, a lot of people aren't up in arms in regards to the new animation style that's being implemented for this film. So I want to hear your thoughts on that on Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Okay, well, so like I've I've always loved Dragon Ball, like in all the forms. You know, I remember being a kid and running home to see Dragon Ball Z on Toonami. And so like I'm a I will watch whatever comes out in Dragon Ball. You know, I haven't seen Super yet. I'm trying to, like, make my way there because my kids have been trying to, like, watch Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z, and then we'll move on to Super. But this is cool because if you look at it, if you notice a lot of modern anime is adapting that hybrid computer animation versus normal animation style. So if you look at the screen right here and you look at Goku's pants, you'll notice that it pops off the screen a little bit. You see the shades and the wrinkles, and you just kind of see, like, how he's he's standing like it looks like his clothes are not the same animation as his like skin, and yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Like I think it looks kind of cool. I mean, and granted, well, I already told you about with Space Jam and New Legacy. Right. They they've they're using new animation techniques, and it's the one positive I can really give outside of Don Cheadle is that the animation style is something I can't wait for seeing more of in the future. Yeah, exactly. And because this the, the Dragon Ball franchise is so old, like, yeah, you're going to have the diehard lifelong fans watching it. But if you want to bring new people into this this arena, like you're going to have to make it you're gonna have to modernize. And I think they're doing a great job of making this look modern here. Well, we'll see what happens with this. I kind of like it. I, I really like modernizing it and it, using the technology that we have. It looks to great. expand these. I think it looks great, too. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are having issue, like you said, with the longtime fans having issue with this new animation style. But I'm looking forward to seeing Dragon Ball Super Superhero when it comes out next year. Haven't given real time frame, of course, as you see on the screen there. For those watching, it's going to be dependent on the region and country that you're in. But I'm looking forward to seeing the new animation style and how well it ultimately gets over for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. What are your thoughts on Dragon Ball Super Superhero? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, coming up right after the break, 
We are replacing you with Jamie Monroy to close out the show to talk about the weekend box office, more EA Play announcements, and the rest of the major news from Comic-Con at home to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, and we're back to close out the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. What? Caught me dancing. Yes, I caught you dancing indeed. But we are back with the Pop Culture Cosmos as we close out the show. Degenerate 2018 is here. And that's the announcement I have first off is that he's our man now on Fridays. So check him out every Friday for the PCC Multiverse. So thankful to have him a part of the PCC in a larger fashion. If you've heard him over the years with me, we've been on several podcasts together, all the way dating back to 2013? Yep, 2013. Yeah, thereabouts. So going back to the Game Source podcast, but great to have you here, my friend. It is Degenerate 2018 from Twitch. So you got to go ahead and follow him there on Twitch at Degenerate 2018. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to go ahead and make sure and let everybody know and give everybody an update on the box office for this past weekend. Looks like people got old. As old did go ahead and capture the top spot here domestically in the U.S. at a little over $16 million projected out to be. Which, if to get people in perspective, is roughly half of what Space Jam, A New Legacy, did in its first week last week. So that also had a steep drop-off. Number two, unfortunately, for Hasbro, G.I. Joe, and Paramount, they rolled Snake Eyes with only $13 million in ticket sales and a paltry, I think, 4 or $5 million overseas. So that's a real big ouch. Quickly, before we go to EA Play and what's going on with Comic-Con at home, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on Old winning the box office. And do you think this is the end of the G.I. Joe franchise for movies? Well, I mean, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so there had to be a twist, right? So the big twist at the box office is nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Old took it. And yeah. by not, I mean, let's say it, it's a huge stretch of things like we would have seen maybe prior in the box office in days before. Yeah, nothing like those kind of numbers or date real battles, but oh, I, I didn't see that happening. I honestly thought Snake Eyes was going to be something bigger maybe a refresher. Well, Marcus had pointed out to me that they spent more money on advertising by a considerable margin, which I was kind of surprised at because I had seen just a great amount of ads for snake eyes, especially during the NBA finals and playoffs as I did old, but I guess old marketed itself in other ways and other places. And in doing so got the slight number one odd. Now I don't think both should be jumping for joy, especially Snake Eyes, because it's going off of a near $90 million budget and it's probably going to lose a ton of cash because of what happened this past weekend. Old's a little bit different. Again, it's another M. Night Shyamalan movie because he finances most of his movies, and I'm assuming that he tries to keep everything, as we saw in Glass, really on a tight budget. So if there's any chance of either one being a financial success, I think it's old. Absolutely. 
especially with you know like you said he keeps the budget to himself so that he has more control over that where these other movies maybe don't have as much control as he would and honestly i saw more advertising for snake eyes than i did for old myself just personally well i think it's a probably a disconnect which is a shame because henry golding as a leading man and actor i i really think he's got a great future ahead of himself I hope this is not too much of a slip up and Hollywood will still go ahead and be behind him as a leading man because it's these type of slip ups at the box office which can have you go down on the food chain just a little bit less and a little bit less. So I'm I'm hoping for some good things for Henry Golding going forward. Maybe he'll find a future as James Bond or or another role. So we'll wait and see. But it is Snake Eyes being a bust at the box office again just not even garnering 20 million dollars worldwide so that's a complete failure right there for paramount i think they should have done a day and date with that movie i think that would have been better if they would show that simultaneously on paramount plus i think that would have given a lot bigger boost for that streaming network and then everybody else watching as well so we'll wait and see what happens before the gi joe franchise but old takes it and we'll see if next week's battle between the jungle cruise and the green knight and everything else that's coming out to theaters and everything that's out in theaters will be another tight contested battle, but we'll wait and see, but we will talk about that on Friday's show. Plus Jamie, I'm going to go ahead and make sure you shout out some thoughts on intruder because you've been playing that recently. So I want to hear your in-depth thoughts on that on the show. Plus we'll be talking about remember Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, the last mercenary has Jean-Claude Van Damme returning in a major way to theaters. So hopefully we'll go ahead, or at least to Netflix, I should say, to a movie audience, per se. And he splits those bonds. Yes, he can uh, do the splits indeed. So we'll talk about The Last Mercenary coming up later in the week on the Friday PCC Multiverse. But before we head on out, my friend, two final notes. I know Josh and I talked extensively about the return of Dead Space at what was announced on EA Play on Thursday. The other major announcements that were there, I think I'm going to take two away from it. Grid Legends, you know, I've always been a fan of what the the folks at Codemasters have done in regards to the racing games. You see the dirt poster behind me. I mean, that just tells you my affinity for what they've done. I think they're probably one of the preeminent studios out there for driving games. They're coming out since they've been bought. I think this is one of their first real outings under the EA banner that they're going to be having because EA did buy Codemasters and they're coming out with Grid Legends. So I'm looking forward to that. Your thoughts on that. And also Battlefield Portal, I think is the other major announcement that I want to go ahead and cover because that's something a little bit different. They're creating that like a sandbox using all the tools from the previous Battlefield games even if it's Battlefield Bad Company, which got everybody excited. So I want to hear your thoughts on Battlefield Portal, which will be a game mode that will be coming alongside the Battlefield 2042 release, and then also as well EA Grid Legends. I couldn't agree with you more about Codemasters. I love what they do as far as racing goes. I took a lot away from that going, you know, whoa, the nostalgic feel of Codemasters, but also that feel of breath of fresh air of, where is it going to go from here? Where, you know, where is this first step with EA going to take them? I think yeah. it's going to be huge. I think this could probably be a big contender to stay up there with Forza and Forza Horizon, give them a little, you know, nip at the heels 
so to say, of like, hey, we're still here. Well, now that they have EA's backing, it should be something that they will be able to get the word out. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing more of that. As but am your, I. But your thoughts on Battlefield Portal, something new in the twist, yet something old. In fact, that they're using a lot of the things and familiar components of the games before. I am hoping the major thing that they take is the destructibility factor. And we only saw a little bit of that. But I'm hoping that, for instance, I think in Battlefield 3, where you were able to go ahead and jump off the skyscrapers as they were falling down, I think Mm -hmm. that was just such a tremendous thing for me. And also being caught in the middle of a skyscraper falling on you, that was also great as well. I'm hoping that that will bring or be part of Battlefield Portal. But your thoughts on Battlefield Portal Mm -hmm. and basically not only becoming a part of the Battlefield 24-2 experience, but also making a dent in Call of Duty and what they have to offer as well. Speaking of the dent, did you not see the outpouring and crying after that was announced of going, okay, guys, they have Portal. Where is everybody else? As soon as it was announced, everyone started going, well, how come Call of Duty hasn't had this or thought of this or where is this? Because they're not thinking of things like that. They're just thinking, hey, let's take it a little. What are we going to do this time? Let's shoot something in the future. Let's hear slap Call of Duty on it call it a day. Let's call Warzone, and there you go. They're not trying to expand anything. And right now, Battlefield just showed that they're not going to do the same old, same old and slap a Battlefield name on something and not expand upon that. They're expanding upon that in a huge way. The backlog, seeing that for three, for bad comp, where is that? The options are endless if you really think about what they're going to do with this, if what they can do. Because using all the assets from the previous Battlefield games, I mean, they're they're almost as numerous as all the Call of Duty options out there. In fact, probably more so because of the fact that they've been willing to go and do things that Call of Duty hasn't really got onto, like you know, jet flying and planes. They they were really into that first ahead of time as far as in, in the match scenario. They were obviously looking at the fun side of things with Battlefield Bad Company with the golf carts and all that, creating that persona, just really having that. A lot of people have been clamoring for Battlefield Bad Company type return, and this is probably the best that they might get. But again, all the different scenarios from all the different facets, whether it's the World War II items, whether it's the War II characters, whether it's the modern warriors that you can go ahead and have face off against each other or from a different time zone just just the various possibilities and various assets they're using is truly incredible where do you think this leaves everyone else this could leave everyone else behind going whoa what do we do now where do we go now because you can't copy you mean obviously you can because they all do it we've all done it everyone does it they all do it but That'd be a huge thing not to do right out the gate and copy something like that. So I think this is forcing a lot of hands, depending on how this plays out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm very interested to see the future for Battlefield Portal and also Grid Legends. EA Play didn't have a whole abundance of announcements, but what they did with those two and the return of Dead Space leaves a lot of people looking forward to what EA has to offer. And we have that Apex trailer coming on Monday for as season well 10. as, you know, Emergence coming, what is that, August 2nd, I think it was? Uh-huh. So that, there there's you go. a lot of Apex Legend players that are probably waiting and chomping at the bit for that. I know I play a little Apex, so I'll check it out. I'm not one of the hardcore players that are chomping at the bit, but I'll check it out, definitely. 
What are your thoughts out there on both the weekend box office and what was announced at EA Play? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head out, my friend, Comic-Con at home, we close it all out for what was uh, some of the things that were announced. For some of the things that were announced there, I mean, the new season of Doctor Who, they dropped a trailer for that. They also dropped a trailer for something very interesting that I really was looking forward to, and that's the anime for Blade Runner called Blade Runner Black Lotus. That's going to be a part of Adult Swim. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Count me in first day on that because you know how much of a fan I am on Blade Runner. I mean, a lot of news that went on in regards to Star Trek Lower Decks. They showcased season two trailer. I mean, was there anything that really stood out to you? The Walking Dead is going to be set into threes as far as for its quote-unquote final season. I know it's its final season, but it's not dying as far as entity is concerned. I know the World Beyond season two premiere date was revealed as well. Dexter I mean, New Blood. Yeah, Dexter New Blood. Yep. about that. The teaser trailer dropped for that. So a lot of people were very excited for that. But any real things that stood out to you at Comic-Con at home this year? Honestly, I was kind of with a few other people with that Dexter New Blood going, I need to rewatch that. What was it? Eight seasons, I believe it is. Yeah. I'm going, oh, I should rewatch those. Because a lot of people I know were on Facebook going, I'm rewatching them. That's it. As soon as they drop that show, I'm rewatching them. So that was good. Lower Decks. I'm excited for Lower Decks. I That's really loved that show. I got into that show, and I'm I'm glad there's going to be another season. So the, right now, I'm at that point where I'm kind of sitting there going, where are my shows that I, you know, are we going to get another season of this? Are we not getting another season of this? There was so much, so much. The Blade Runner anime, of course, I'm with you on that one. I'm probably nowhere near as huge fan of Blade Runner as you are, but I do love the franchise, and an anime of it I think would be amazing. I can't wait to see where that goes. Again, there's a lot of stuff that was reported on, and we've got it all for you on the Facebook page at Pop Culture Cosmos. You want to check out what was announced at Comic-Con at home. I'm looking forward to later this year, if it's still scheduled. November, Yeah, right? November. Yep, yeah, November for the in-person event. So we'll see if that's going to materialize after all. Keeping our fingers crossed on that, absolutely. But what are your thoughts on anything that you discovered at Comic-Con at home? Did anything stick out that interests you? I mean, they dropped a, a quite a bit of stuff, nothing earth-shattering, no Marvel or no real DC, and not even too much in the way of Star Wars. But without the big names there, were you still interested on what went on at Comic-Con at home? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, thanks so much again, Jamie, and also Josh, for being on today's program. Any last thoughts on the way out? Any last thoughts as far as... You know I always end the show. Man, you do end the show like that. and My thoughts are always gone when you do that. But let me think of something. What did you think about Mr. Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, running with EA and EA Play? I kind of found that as interesting. It was a good way to go, in my opinion, because, of course, he's popular, has a fan base that's kind of broad from, like, you know, the little kids to our age. It fit. Well, he has a future after his wrestling days are done to be a part of that scene in pop culture. One of the ways he's doing that is obviously being aligned with G4 and that revival. Plus now what you saw with, yeah, with EA play. So I think that his future is, he's starting to go ahead and feel stuff out as a major part of the gaming scene. Obviously he's done a lot of streaming. He's done a lot 
of good things for the gaming community. And I see his future evolving there after his wrestling days. Absolutely. Agreed. But for Josh Peterson, and also as well, Mr. Jamie Monroy, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great